0: It was very disgraceful what they did to the people in the island shores. They gave us time to get out, but they never said when, and they never said they were going to get us out. And then one day, there's a thing on the board, a notice on the board, you got to be out by March 15th. I think that gave us like a month and a half to find yeah. out where we're gonna go, I thought my suitcases were gonna be on the curb because I'm not that fast. If it wasn't for my daughter, they would have been on the curb. <laughs> but that's what it happened, and uh, that was it. I said, "No, no, 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 you're not moving me," and they said, "Yes, yes, yes, we are," and it. Uh, Everything was done behind closed doors, and we didn't have a chance to actually make any attempt to stop them because there wasn't enough time.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I'm your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is episode 163. I think we're about 5,000 downloads away from a million downloads. Uh, So, that's exciting. Uh, We'll we'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, At the end of the show here, we're going to premiere the new open for my Real America's Voice Saturday show. Uh, The Royce White Show, Uh, that podcast and those episodes will be hosted on the Royce White USA YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.com backslash uh, backslash at Royce White USA. And we'll also have a new podcast channel that you'll start to see populate episodes from both the Royce White radio show, which is currently airing uh, Monday through Friday at, at 9 p.m. Eastern on the John Frederick's Radio Network, as well as the Royce White show, Saturday show. Um, and, and all of those audio episodes will be available if you listen to the podcast on the audio platforms. Uh, so we're, we're, we're opening up here a little bit. Um, and, and we still have plans for Hebrews and The Last Renaissance with A.J. Barker. Um, the White House will will surely come as well. That'll be a Sunday show. So you know, in effect, you'll be able to listen to me Monday through Friday on on the radio. Uh, on air, live, if you're listening listening to the radio, you'll be able to hear the replays back on the audio platforms as well as YouTube. And we have some really cool uh, audio videos for you with visualizers and, and subtitles for those of you who like to follow along and, and have that option as well uh, for the radio shows. Just audio, no video. Uh, and then you'll be able to listen to the Royce White Show on Sundays. And you'll be able to eventually listen to the White House, uh, which will be a full spectrum sort of war room type uh, political uh, political podcast on Sundays because <clears throat> we, we go 24-7. I mean, it doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, this is what I do, and, and I love to do it, and I love to enrich the conversation, and I love to help people critically think about their American citizenship and, and what it means to be a free person anywhere in the world. So um, a lot coming, a, a lot on the way, a lot starting to uh, build up in terms of, of content, output. So we appreciate you being here from the very beginning, if you have been. Uh, we appreciate everybody in the InfoWars audience. We, we appreciate the entire War Room Posse uh, and, and the, the War Room uh, for, for streaming the episodes and streaming the podcast every night on, on Getter uh, and, and also on Rumble. Grace Chong, Maureen Bannon, the great Steve Bannon, we appreciate your support. Um, we also appreciate those who still here from the days of uh, me being on Fearless. <clears throat> we hope that the, the Fearless podcast will return to its former glory and, and not being just a, a sideshow that, that covers uh, distractions and popular culture, but, but certainly gets more focused on the political during an election year uh, and, and during a time where the prospect of world war has never been more imminent. And as I talked about on Fearless many a times, the, the military and intu- industrial complex is, is the number one issue we should be worried about as American citizens because it's the number one institution uh, that, that means to bastardize your citizenship. And no greater example here than this opening video. You got a 95-year-old Korean war vet who is being uh, basically uh, forced out of his home or, or they attempted to force out of his home uh, to, to accommodate uh, this, this illegal immigration this illegal invasion uh, through our southern border. And they wanted to take his living quarters, his, his home, and, and use it in a sort of eminent domain uh, scenario to, to accommodate the housing of illegal immigrants. I mean, this is how they're going to treat your military veterans. This is how they're going to treat the, the, the men and women who go and fight there in Russia or who go and fight there in, in the Middle East theater or who go and fight there in the South China Sea. This is how they really plan to treat. This is what they really think of you. This is really what, what they think of our troops. And it's not just the Democrats. It's the Uniparty as a whole. The Uniparty as a collective has failed to give our troops, our veterans, uh, proper care and support. Imagine what we could do with $180 billion for our veterans like this man, 95-year-old Korean vet, Korean War vet. But instead... Instead, we use the, the, the bully pulpit. We use the power there in D.C. To, to further make this man's life a living hell. And we want to take the little bit he has. I mean, the, the, the man probably has a, a, a very a modest little apartment. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a modest living quarters and things like that. Uh, we, we make do with what we can and we appreciate and are grateful for what we have. But, but the little bit that he does have, they want to come and take from him. I mean, they're not done. That's why on the radio show, the Royce White radio show, I play songs like Bill Withers, Use Me Up. It all has a political meaning. Now, in that instance, Bill Withers is obviously talking about a relationship with his woman, but, but your relationship with your federal government seems to be not much different. I made the example on, on I think it was episode 162, that, that the federal government is, is a classic pimp, a pimp, and we're out walking, walking the stroll, all of us, all of our uh, American citizens all across the country. All around the world, wherever we may be, we're out working, getting walking around money, being sold the dream, being lied to by the federal government. We got to put an end to it. So uh, today we're starting off the show with a few videos. I have a few videos for you. Uh, and we're, 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 we're really looking at the, the military industrial complex and them gearing up for a, a war there in, in Russia. And we see a number of NATO countries now starting to to mobilize to to fortify their border and and prepare and and discuss the potential of a Russian invasion. Now look, we all know that the big news, the big headline, t- Tucker Carlson is is in Russia. Was seen in Moscow, he's in Russia. He posted a video saying that he plans to interview Vladimir Putin and more power to him. God bless him. If you watch the show, you know Tucker and I don't agree on everything and and we shouldn't all agree on everything. That wouldn't be a healthy discourse. However, I'm very proud of Tucker for for going to interview Vladimir Putin in this most, most uh, precarious time in, in, in world history. We're on the verge of an all-out war, a full-scale kinetic war with another uh, nuclear superpower, and there are no peace talks, there are no, there are no negotiations, there are no communications whatsoever. We're fully committed, almost obsessed with, with some victory that we can't even measure? Which one of these uh, political elites have come to the podium and, and told you what victory is going to look like? Well, a few of them actually have. A few of them have actually been brazen enough to tell you that victory is to reclaim every territory that Russia has taken, including Crimea, which will almost certainly end in, in, in some type of small nuclear uh, exchange, and which puts who in danger? Who's, who's the first line of defense? All these NATO countries, who we swore to protect, we're going to get into that much more uh, throughout the throughout the episode here. Um,
2: but but really, I want to, I want to start there. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything more uh, pertinent to discuss. We sold the dream the post World War De- the post World War II democratic
1: liberal order was us selling a dream that we could a offer a, a structure of government, a framework of government. And, and more importantly, uh, a framework of, of citizenship uh, that, that, would, that would help
2: foster prosperity and freedom and democracy all around the world. And that a good, a good segue uh, from whatever former structure of government
1: was held by nations around the world would be changing over to the United States dollar as the world's reserve currency. And, and through this economic hegemony, we would be able to leverage international markets, goods, services, so on and so forth to facilitate
2: this, this great change, this great shift to a democratic rules-based order. And there was
1: another catch. There, there was another portion to the deal. And the other portion to the deal was wherever our dollar is, our military will be there to defend you. And so we offered people two things. We offered people the chance at, at, at freedom that was wrapped
2: in a, a, a promise for um, you know, material prosperity. So in effect, we were offering them
1: modernity and, and really we were often offering them radical materialism and, and we couldn't make good on the material promise. And then to make matters worse, to add insult to injury, to put salt in an open wound, we can't even make good on the security promises, which is why the, the European nations now, like Italy, are saying that they're going to mobilize their own response there against the Houthis, if need be, to secure their own
2: trading uh, and, and, and national interest there in the region. Because the American military has failed to, to, has failed to stop the, the threat, has failed to, to manage the crisis. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. In one sense, it's, it's
1: embarrassing. But in another sense, uh, well, first and foremost, it is embarrassing. It's embarrassing because we have world leaders that have, have promoted, have, have propagandized, have, have self-aggrandized, have, have hyped up the ability of the American military to defend the empire. And here we are. We can't even stop the Houthis. If we can, what are we waiting for? Are we waiting because uh, we, we're worried about, about the public consensus on, on the, the projection of power and strength uh, of the military? Of course we're not. I mean, we're already there covering for Israel so they can bomb uh, Gaza into a parking lot. And the American people have very, very little protest against that. I mean, very, very little protest. I mean, I know, you know, they organize this sort of uh, Marxist, leech-on sort of anti-Israel protest from the left across campuses and and across the country and, you know, blah, blah, blah. What are they willing to sacrifice to actually stop the war effort there in Palestine? Not much. Certainly not what they were willing to sacrifice there in the 60s when the last anti-war protest took place, which, by the way, uh, played an instrumental uh, role in 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 bringing the Vietnam War to a halt, which we lost in 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 very embarrassing fashion. So, I mean, this has all been seen before, but but we don't have the same type of of of, of civic duty and sentiment for civic duty that we had back then, not by a long shot. So, don't tell me that we're not we're not striking back and dealing with the Houthi issue because of of American public consensus. And don't tell me we're doing it because we're thinking America first and we're reprioritizing our, our, our use of, of resources, because that wouldn't be honest. No, I think we're actually having a bit of a, a logistical military problem with the Houthis there in that region.
2: And I also think that we have a leader who's not too sharp. And I think the people behind him aren't as sharp as they think they are either.
1: Well, some people would say they're not as sharp as they think they are. Some people would argue that they're sharper than we assume they are and that all of this is by design. And you can make a very good case for that. But either way, it's the same net result. And even more importantly is what is the answer? What is the answer for us as American citizens when we can't tell who's doing what? Simple. You got to get somewhere. You got to get back to a home base. You got to get back to a level. You got to get back grounded. You got to get yourself to a place where you can think clearly. You got to get yourself to a place where you can reassess.
2: You don't start new wars. You don't escalate wars in the middle of the chaos, especially if you can help it if
1: you have another choice. And we have a choice. We don't have to try and continue to project strength. The strength of the post-World War II democratic liberal order all around the world when
2: when when in fact all of these countries know what our weakness is. All of these countries know what our weakness is.
1: Our weakness, first and foremost, is that we are no longer a a a reliable source of our manufacturing needs. That is the single greatest weakness to our nation today. And what we think we can do is print a bunch of phony money enough to appease the military-industrial complex and contractors to cover uh, until we can what uh, bomb these people into submission and let and, and then they'll allow us to renegotiate or, or restructure the entire global economy. That's what they think they can do. I, I hope you understand what you're looking at. They think they can print phony money to appease the military industrial complex long enough to beat these people, all of these rebels across the world into submission
2: and then restructure the entire global economy, the entire global political framework. That's
1: what they think they can do. In fact, that's what they say they can do. They're not, this isn't even, this isn't even a, a theory. This is their, their working explanation. We're going into the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Anybody who's libertarian, anybody who believes in, in fairy tales like God, anybody who, who believes in nationalism or anybody who believes in, in, in borders, you people are an enemy to the future. You're an enemy to the future of humanity, and we plan to, to destroy you. We plan to root you out, to weed you out. And that could be you Christians in America. That could be you Russians. That can be you Iranians. That could be you Chinese. It could be you nationalists there in the European Union who we'll call fascists or Nazis. It could be whoever. Doesn't matter. And see, when we really get down to it, it's not going to matter who it is. It's going to be anybody who opposes the power. And that's who Tucker Carlson is. That's what he's doing right now. And that's why the Uniparty and the Globalists want to call him a traitor. It's very simple. I mean, it really is that simple. But they think you're too busy. With the Super Bowl or with with the latest gossip about some rapper or who he's dating or I mean just the stuff that you guys preoccupy your time with is 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 embarrassing. It's 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 actually embarrassing to watch. I find myself more times than not scrolling the internet and and becoming uh, deeply discouraged just by the amount of of energy or attention that that certain certain types of content even get. And look, there's a time to blow off some steam and have fun and, and relax, but, but it's become a 24-7 spectacle, and we all know it. Let's stop lying to ourselves. The reason there's no anti-war protests, the reason there's no anti-war protests is because you guys are more interested in, in, in what, Instagram, uh, uh, what Instagram model slash prostitute slash got an OnlyFans, what Instagram uh, whore is dating some basketball player. That's the honest to God's truth. Now, you can call that misogynist or sexist or whatever you want, but it's the reality. And right now there in the Ukraine, some mother and, and child, uh, some elderly war vet um, right there in the Middle East, some some young child, some some woman, some elderly. Some innocent people are losing their lives because you guys are more focused on on the entertainment than you are the substance. And that is an indictment of you. And that is something that will come to bear on your moral ledger, in my opinion. In fact, you could, you could argue you're already paying the price for it, and we all are. You get the government you deserve. Now, the question is, what government should we aspire to have? And that's what we're talking about here. But as, as it stands currently, we have the government we deserve. We want to jerk off, so we got to jerk off government. We want to be jerk off, so we got jerk off leaders. You could even argue we, we long for jerk off leaders, <laughs> right? We long for an A.B. Klobuchar. We long for Joe Biden. We long for Barack Obama. We long for Nikki Haley. And I'm not saying Donald Trump is the best leader himself, but we, we long for anybody, any and everybody who won't draw any attention whatsoever, any real substantive attention to the root issues. And and even where John, Donald Trump's flaws and mistakes may may be visible. What is also visible is he is the one candidate in the field who will draw attention to the root issues and is willing to address the root issues in policy. And y'all despise that. A lot of you out there despise that. Now, a lot of people are waking up to it. So we're at a pivotal moment. We are at a pivotal moment, but we got to get clear about what we want to be as a country and what we want to be as, as a people, as a culture, because there are two things that went wrong here. First. First is we allowed ourselves to become the the manufacturing uh, uh, lapdog of of uh, the, sorry not the manufacturing the security lapdog of of the entire world. We offered material prosperity. We couldn't deliver.
2: We couldn't deliver because we allowed crony capitals to to not only not not on, not not not. Uh,
1: destroy the possibility of of equal outcomes because nobody can promise equal outcomes. That's, that's Marxism. That's communism. There are no equal outcomes. Anybody who plays sports, it's, it's funny. It's funny people who watch sports and who adore sports and who have allowed sports to almost become religious in their participation as fans, not even as real participants in the game. You've become almost a fanatic in the sports world, but you still believe in equal outcomes politically? I mean, the, the level of, of delusion there is, is awe-inspiring. I mean, we got to really figure out how the CIA and the deep state and the intelligence community pulled this type of propaganda on you people. It should be studied. Hopefully one day, 100 years from now, we'll have real leadership, genuine leadership, who can look back and, 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 and conduct um, uh, genuine studies on how this even happened. I mean, your entire worldview is, is, is poorly constructed. From an ideological standpoint, it's no wonder they don't want you to listen to people like me. I think too critically. How do you hold both views simultaneously? How do we have a sports, a sports culture in America that has become almost religious, yet you still subscribe to uh, political doctrine, political platforms, and political parties who promote equal outcomes? Huh?
2: Excuse me? Are you fucking retarded? excuse me, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself on the first thing smoking. Now, some of you know better. And so we say equal
1: opportunity. Okay, fine. Now we're talking about a whole different world. And in the world of equal opportunities, not only did your elites crush the possibility of equal opportunity in any broad sense, they systematically weeded out the possibility of equal opportunities. And the two are different. No, we don't want equal outcomes, but equal opportunities have been systematically weeded out by a few corrupt elite. If you want an institution as the sole symbol of this corruption, we need not look further than the Federal Reserve. Yes, oh, there is a method to the madness. There is a rhyme and reason to the things that I say, and I've been saying since the very beginning. I think next week, just to reiterate, I'll run the creature from Jekyll Island again. If you didn't see it the first three times, then then maybe you'll catch it this time. Or or maybe you'll still be watching Kim Kardashian paint her fucking eyelashes on on Instagram. I don't know. But the Federal Reserve and institutions like that, financial institutions, global financial institutions, did, they did get greedy. And they did find you stupid. They found you stupid because they leveraged their, their economic power to ensure that you never got an education that would, that would have you privy to the way that they go about doing these things. What they didn't account for is that the human spirit has an intuition toward corruption, has an intuition when it's being cheated, has an intuition
2: when it's being wronged or when it's being manipulated. <laughs> and with that intuition, eventually people would say, uh,
1: we've had enough. Well, we don't we don't we don't like the deal. The deal isn't isn't working for us, even if they don't articulate it that way. That's what they're saying. And that's what that's a lot of what we're seeing around the country. Don't get me, you know, don't make any mistake about it. Are people lazy and and lack gratitude and, and, you know, radical materialists and have a false sense of entitlement? Absolutely. But underneath it, are people systematically being cheated? Absolutely. Both things are true at the same time. That may be hard for you to grasp, but it's true nonetheless. Yeah, people are lazy as fuck, and they're entitled, and they're not grateful, and they have a real warped sense of what they should even want in life. But underneath that, the bare essentials that you all, the, the, the God-given inalienable rights, the establishment that presides over you wants that too. It's not that they just don't think you need a mansion, or they don't think you need economic sovereignty or some type of economic security or, or a fair wage. No, no, no. They don't think that you really need water because they don't really like human beings in the first place. And to them, you being a class or two below they, but below them, uh, you know, almost makes you not human at all.
2: And I don't even mean to say not human because they really don't even view themselves as human. Some of them, they don't even like humanity.
1: And they're not too shy about saying that either. So we got a wide spectrum of different shit going on here, but it all comes back to the same root issue. (coughs) The distraction is good. You're not paying close enough attention. And these people plan big plans. They have big plans, big agendas that they're rolling out and they're moving forward with. And they're just banking on the fact that you're not paying attention. Well, on this show, we, we try and bring attention to a lot of the things that are going on. That's one of them. Ninety-five-year-old veteran. For all you neocon, back the troops, uh, conservatives. Ninety-five-year-old Korean veteran. This is what they plan to do, and this ain't new. And this ain't just Democrats. This is Republicans and Democrats alike, and it's conservatives and neocons as well. You think the neo, you think the neocons don't know how our veterans are being treated? You think the, you think the neocons are going out of their way to, 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 to leverage their, their power? To leverage the intelligence community or the deep state to, to provide for for the veterans? Oh, give me a break! Huh. What 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 crazy uh, fantasy uh, virtual reality are you living in? What 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 propagandized puppet theater political reality are you
2: living in? These neocon warhawks don't give a shit about the veterans. Give me a break. Okay. Two things happened. One, we said we would provide
1: material prosperity. We didn't deliver on that promise. But number two, we said we would provide security. And now we're starting not to be able to deliver on that promise. And the two working together will be the fall of the empire. Understand. The material promise, people can justify. But when you lose that sense of security, people start to really question the material promise as well. and that's what we're seeing right now all across the world, though. It's not just here in America. See here in America, they get off cheap with you because you don't really have any real security problems to begin with. I mean, they can make you feel like you're going to get carjacked every time you go to your car, but that's not reality. And trust me, if that was the reality, you wouldn't be so comfortable with the distractions you live with every day. I mean, if it was really so bad out here that, that every time you went to your car, you had to worry about being carjacked and, and assaulted or killed, trust me, your whole attitude, your whole demeanor would change. I mean, you'd walk like there are predators on the, on the loose. You don't really walk like that. I mean,
2: crime is down from the 90s. That's a statistical fact. Crime is not as bad today as it was in the 90s.
1: And I don't think the culture is better today than it was in the 90s. That's not a sign of the improvement of culture. It is a testament that, uh, let's say, even as the culture has decayed, people have uh, uh, have less of an interest in, in losing their life, I'd say. Which is strange because a lot of people show that they're less interested in their life than ever before. But hey, I mean, crime is down. <coughs> maybe people don't want don't even aspire to have more. I don't know what it is, but statistically speaking, violent crime is down it's, it's lower than it was in the nineties, and I grew up in the nineties, so I remember in the nineties how how violent uh things things got um and a lot of that i mean i I showed the the clip of of Ice Cube. I posted the clip or reposted the clip on Twitter of Ice Cube talking about the CIA and, and the CIA's role in, in gangster rap and, and the intelligence community using gangster rap to feed the prison system and, and, and how that whole thing went down. And I I tend to agree, and I'm proud of Ice Cube for saying it. it doesn't benefit him to say that. He's one of the father figures of, of modern day hip hop and, and rap music, and even more specifically gangster rap. I mean, N.W.A. was kind of the inception of gangster rap. So for him to say it is a very genuine and authentic and, and honest thing for, for him to do. Praise be to God. We need more leaders like him. But the point I'm making is the emergence of that was around the 1990s. So you can, you can see why there was such a spike in, in violent crime and, and, and spe- specifically in inner cities. Uh, but it had ramifications around the country in, in the 90s. Gangster rap played a role. Well, crime is down now. So, again, my point is you don't really live in the jungle you think you live in. Now, it could get worse, and it could get worse overnight. And, and we don't know who these undocumented illegal immigrants are coming across the border. Let's pray that it's not a coordinated invasion that, that will soon become some type of, of insurgency. Because then, for the first time probably in your life uh, or in recent memory, you will know what it's like to live in an actual jungle. You will know what it's like to live there in the Middle East, in Fallujah. You will know what it's like to live there in, in Kurd territory. You will know what it's like to live in, in a sort of anything-goes-no-rules type of, of society. And a lot of you won't be ready for that. So you better make your plans now. You better start preparing now, and you better do what you can to change that circumstance before it comes to bear. Because it could come, and it could come overnight. When things go bad, they go bad quick and then all at once. So we offer people prosperity, material prosperity, then we offer people security, and now we're failing on both promises. But it's not just here at home, it's also there on the world stage. And and the the telltale sign is that these countries in the Arab world are deciding to, to switch over to the BRICS economic hegemony. That's the telltale sign. That's the canary in the coal mine. Because for a long time, we had, uh, you know, we, 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 fa- we, we fathom ourselves so much smarter than the Arabs, so much smarter than the Muslims. You know, we like to depict and we like to think of the Muslims as, as these uh,
2: uneducated, unsophisticated, un, un, um, uncultured heathens. And, and this is a grave, grave error. Grave, grave error.
1: Big mistake. Oh my, what a big mistake we made. What a big mistake we made to 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 fancy ourselves so much more intelligent and,
2: and sophisticated and cultured than the Arabs and the Muslims. What a mistake we what a mistake you made there, neocons,
1: Ronald Reagan in the White House meeting with the Mujahideen. We thought we could control
2: these people. <coughs> we thought we were so fucking smart, didn't we? But now we see
1: that there is a sort of asymmetrical culture war taking place there that that we, in fact, are losing. And we are losing. I mean, all of you who want to say, look, you can't continue to project strength when people know your weakness.
2: One of our weaknesses, like I said, is the manufacturing, obviously, but but another one is the energy.
1: And at least our leaders, whether true or not, whether real or not, our, our leaders are interested in a narrative that suggests that we need the energy or we need the geographical significance of the region. They're in the Middle East, whether it's for international commerce or it's just the oil flat out.
2: <coughs> That's a weakness and it's a weakness that the Arabs know. It's the weakness that the Muslims know that they hold over us. And so while we
1: thought that we were we were uh, bullying them into submission with with more sophisticated science and technology and military prowess, while we we thought we were we were uh, sort of tricking them with with all of our esoteric uh, geopolitical jargon. And we we thought we were uh, pulling a fast one, uh, maybe they were pulling a fast one on us. Maybe they were just letting us think that we were running the show. While they built up their own scientific and technological uh, capacity,
2: now we got the Houthis saying that they can uh, respond to Italy to for stepping
1: up and, and, and you know threatening to to mobilize their own uh, European response to to what's going on there in the region.
2: Now the Houthis are are saying that they can. They can retaliate on Italy? Huh. Or maybe they're getting backed by other people.
1: Well, those other people have been getting backed by us. And, and ipso facto, if, if, if all of these countries, let's say, have a, have a support system like Russia or China, then it, the, the whole relationship between us and, and the other members, the other
2: permanent members on the United States Sorry, the United Nations Security Council comes into question. Maybe the the Arabs and the Muslims are are running their own asymmetrical war. It would appear so. In fact, they say they are. And we lose sight of that. We've lost sight of that. We want to continue with the neocon,
1: uh, war hawk, uh, project strength, defend the empire sort of bravado. What's it going to take? Well, what's it going to take for us to, to come to grips with the reality that, that everywhere we say we can defend, everything that we promise maybe we can't uphold, and that's fine. But what's worse than not being able to keep your promises is to keep promising.
2: What's worse than not being able to, to, to deliver is to keep saying you'll deliver. What we plan to do right now is fill. This gap
1: uh, where we, we believe that the, the evolution of technology will offer such, such material uh, prosperity, such material prosperity and, and psychological distraction for the people
2: all around the world that then the, the, the desire to fight will, will, will just fade away. My, how we've underestimated the the other people of the world. My, how we've projected our own
1: sort of uh, mentality on on the people all over the world. And is there some similarity to all the people around the world? Yes, but there are some differences. And and we're running into those differences there in Russia, see. And I, I said this two fucking years ago. When you dumb motherfuckers wanted to call Vladimir Putin's bluff. And I said, when you go back and you think historically about Russia and the culture there in Russia, the Russians have something that America has long since been lacking, and that's a sense of uh, American identity. The Russians have a, a profound sense of their own identity, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with the Russian culture or the Russian identity or not. We d- are not so fortunate that we can, we can uh, uh, deal with our enemies as we would like them to be. We have to deal with our enemies the way they are. Same way you're in a basketball game. Oh, we would like this player not to shoot that well. We, we, we would like this player not to be that tall or this player not to be that strong or, or this player not to be that quick, but, but we're not so fortunate. We're not so for- fortunate in sports, and we're not so fortunate in, in geopolitics. We have the enemies. We have. And we've gone out of our way. We've almost obsessed with making Russian enemies, so now we have to deal with Russia the way Russia is. And the Russian people are a proud people. They believe in the Russian identity. And even more importantly, in this particular case, they believe in their country. They have a sort of geographical sense of Russian identity. And it's not esoteric. It's not like the West. (laughs) It's not some, some European Eurocentric Atlanticist cosmopolitan elitism. You know, commonwealth and common language. No, no, their sense of, of Russia is territory-bound. They have a profound sense of what it means to have a country with a border. And, and so they're willing to defend that border. And their people, who we were sure would would turn on Vladimir Putin over time, have not done so. They have not assassinated Vladimir Putin over two years. There hasn't been a, a an inter-Russian coup. Maybe he's... Taken care of and, and and quelled the coup if it's it's bubbled up, but but surely there's not a widespread consensus amongst the the top Russian brass uh, that that Vladimir Putin is is outside of his uh, outside of, uh, of 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 what they think is right and reasonable. That should tell us something. That should concern us, because we don't have that same sense of unity here in this country, and we certainly don't have that same sense of. Uh, uh, and ter-
2: uh, uh, territorial uh, identity. Hell, we won't even close our, our southern border. We
1: won't even close our southern border. I mean, the most blatant open border. I mean, at least make it difficult. We just kept the border wide open, which brings me, which brings me to my next clip. It's a great segue. My next clip is, is none other than uh, Mitt Romney. And uh, good old Mitt Romney here.
2: Good old Mitt Romney here has the audacity to—he uh, has the audacity to tell the American people that the border is open because of MAGA and Donald Trump. Almost
1: unbelievable. I mean, it really is almost uh, hard to 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 believe.
2: Um, if we weren't talking about people who we we know are full of full of shit. And let's just be clear about Mitt Romney. Mitt,
1: the people of Utah have spoken. Uh, you, do, you, do you people out there think <clears throat> that a political elite, that a Republican stalwart, a rhino fucking stalwart like Mitt Romney would give up his senatorial seat if he didn't already feel the, 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 the tide starting to turn? He knows they've done the, the, you know, they've done the polling. They've they've done all of the, you know, all of the investigation. There's been the the election committees and special, you know, all the other shit that Mitt Romney and his his war chest of of ill-gotten gains can pay for. They they, they know exactly what the chances of him winning are, slim, and that's why the great Trent Staggs is, is now running as America Firster there in Utah. The people of Utah have spoken. They want Mitt Romney out. He was polling. So far, uh, his, his approval rating was so shit, he ran for the hills. And on his way out, he's going to make peace with the Democrats. And then you'll even see a Mitt Romney probably turning, <clears throat> become a fucking Democrat. That wouldn't shock. Would that shock any of us? Would it shock any of us if Mitt fucking
2: Romney, you woke up tomorrow Mitt Romney was a fucking Democrat? That wouldn't shock me one bit. I don't think it would shock many of you. So here's Mitt Romney in in true Mitt Romney fashion saying that Donald Trump and MAGA are responsible
1: for the border. Listen to this. I mean, it's almost it's almost uh, unbelievable.
2: I think the
0: border is a very important issue for uh, Donald Trump uh, and the fact that he would communicate to uh, Republican senators and Congress people that he doesn't want us to solve the border problem because he wants to blame uh, Biden for it is, uh, is really appalling. But the, but the reality is that, that uh, we have a crisis at the border. The American people are suffering as a result of uh, what's happening at the border. Uh, and someone running for president ought to try and get the, the, you know, the problem solved as opposed to saying, hey, save that problem. Don't solve it. Uh, let me take credit for solving it later.
1: Now, is that really what Donald Trump was saying? I mean, Mitt, how stupid do you think? we? I See, all these mealy mouth motherfuckers think they're so smart. I mean, and they're kind of just mocking you. I mean, and that's why that's why his approval rating. That right there is why Mitt Romney's approval rating in Utah went to shit because of how he talks. He talks to people like they're fucking stupid. You know, and then, you know, take you and your fucking, <clears throat> you know, your fucking Brooks Brothers suit and your fucking, you know, uh, comb back fucking, uh, you know, insurance salesman fucking speech uh, and your little fucking American flag pin or whatever other source of, of Ivy League uh, elitism, uh, you know, academic elitism you want to try and should put your little lapel pin, take it and just shove it up your fucking ass, Mitt. You're full of shit. We know you're full of shit. You're a liar. That's not what Donald Trump meant. You know it's not what Donald Trump meant. And from a political standpoint, I understand it. I actually agree with it. Don't let Joe Biden, after leaving the border open for three and a half years, come together with some fucking crumbtail, uh, some, some, some crumb trail uh, type of uh, you know concession, uniparty workaround to say they're closing the border and try and reap the capital of it, try and reap the political capital of it going into an election cycle when they have no plans to really close the border, and, and yet they haven't, they haven't been held accountable for the border being open now. And oh, by the way, they want to smuggle money back to the Ukraine through the border. Because the Ukraine funding bill was a part of the border deal. That's why it was the Ukraine border bill. Okay, so we we know what the fuck you're really getting at. What you're really getting at is is we're going to use the border now as an excuse, uh, as a a justification, as a a way to tie in. furthering the war with Russia. And this is how the global affects the local. This is how a war, a war, a world away, comes to bear on a war veteran, 95 years old, living in the twilight of his life, in some small town, some community, right here in the United States of America. The global affects the local. And Mitt Romney's a fucking globalist, and he could care less about a 95-year-old war vet losing his, his home To some illegal immigrants. And even more importantly, more accurately, some agenda for illegal immigrants that would take him out of his home to shelter and house the illegals. I mean, that's even a step. I mean, even if you want to bring illegals into the country and say, hey, do what you will. I mean, there's a level of treason to that, obviously. (laughs) But to to. To take these illegals and try and uproot American citizens who are paying their taxes is so brazen. It's, it's, it's actually an insult to your intelligence. It really is. I view it that way. I'm insulted for you. Even if you're so much of a jerk-off that you are more caught up in football or basketball or, or fucking reality TV or, or you know uh, gossip columns or whatever the fuck you're jerking off to, even if you're too distracted, To be insulted by this? I'm not. I'm very insulted on your fucking behalf. Very insulted. I am so insulted on your behalf, I'm willing to plead with you to put down the distraction to see just how offensive what these people are saying truly is. No, we don't want to do a Ukraine border deal. Deal with the border as an independent issue. And if Speaker Mike Johnson or whoever else there in DC doesn't Bifurcate these issues. We know exactly who they are. If they don't split these issues, separate these issues, and deal with them as independent issues, we know exactly who they are. They're neocons. They're warhawks. That's who they are. That's who Mitt Romney has been. That's the interest that he serves. And right now, what they really want to do is get more money to the Ukraine. Because, and, and if you need if you need evidence as to why or, or proof from the international stage as to you know how I come to that conclusion, Poland is operationalizing their military. Sweden is operationalizing their military. A bunch of other Eastern European countries that, that, that are involved with NATO are now saying that they, they believe that Russia invading other countries beyond the Ukraine is now imminent. True or not? I don't know. Let's hear what Putin has to say when, when Tucker sits down with him. I don't know. Am I saying that we can, can trust everything Vladimir Putin says? Of course not. I said it early on in the podcast. You can't trust somebody who used to work for the KGB. It's like trusting somebody who worked for the CIA, because you never stop working for the CIA and you never stop working for the KGB. And you never stop using the tradecraft and the tactics and the manipulation. So of course we can't trust what he says on face value, but it, it's incumbent upon us to hear the other side of a potential nuclear conflict when all negotiations and, and communications have have seemingly broken down. We owe it to ourselves to hear if we actually need to go to nuclear
2: war or not. And let's make one more thing clear. Well, you know, how far will Vladimir Putin go? This is, you know, well,
1: you know, you got your Democrats, your liberals, your post-World War II Democrat liberal order cucks who are screaming, if, if you don't stop him in the Ukraine, Poland is next. And then all of Europe. Well, first of all, I don't give a fuck about Europe. Let's make that clear. The European people, like Italy, are doing exactly what they should do. Arm up, motherfuckers. Arm up. This is where the rubber meets the road. No longer going to be able to intimidate all of the rebels of the post-World War II democratic liberal order with a pump fake, okay? You're not going to be able to flash your guns and get them to stop. You're going to have to use them. And because you have to use them, that means that the American military's thin veneer of, of, of geopolitical stability that, that, that is both uh, military power, no doubt, but also the way that international business is done through the U.S. dollar. All of that's starting to come into uh, tipping point. So America's not going to be, I mean, what you could really see America as over the last 30, 40 years is playing peacemaker. Okay, we're we're the peacekeeper in the deal. Hey, 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 you don't really want to do that. You don't want to have to come over here and bomb your shit. Okay, we we don't want to have to bomb your shit there's a better way to do it. There's a deal to be had. There's a way where everybody's happy and the money can flow and, and the milk and honey can, you know, can the, the milk and ho- the, the rivers of milk and honey can run, okay? We don't have to do it this way. Now we will, we will come bomb your shit. We will come kill you if you don't want to play ball. But why would you not want to play ball? I mean, there's money to be made. Well, now the money is getting tight. Uh, The the resources are getting tight and everybody feels uncomfortable with their split. Naturally, that's what happens. The human psychology can only take a deal that they don't really believe in for so long until they start to question the deal and then eventually revolt and rebel against the leaders or the, 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 the governors of that deal. And that's what you're seeing. I mean, that's what's going on right here. That's what's going on right now. Russia doesn't like it split. China doesn't like it split. The Arabs don't like they don't like their split. African nations they don't like their split. Certain groups and demographics of people within that multipolar cultural geopolitical uh, land they don't like their split. Okay, nobody likes their split. So now we're going to go to war for real. Okay, I, I want you guys to know when people start when people start to reject the split of the deal at this level we're going to fucking war. I mean real war. This ain't going to be no like we told Iran, hey, we're going to we're going to strike you. Don't respond. This ain't going to be
2: that kind of fucking war. This is going to be an all-out war. And so that's why Mitt Romney need, you know, they still think that they can
1: bully the Russians. These people are totally delusional because see, in their mind, they think that this sort of academic elitism that they developed through these, these European common language, commonwealth, uh, good old boys clubs is actually uh, has as much juice as, as the Russian identity. And what they fail to realize is that their culture, our culture in the West is watered down when, when compared to the Russian culture. And it's extremely watered down when, it, when compared to the Chinese culture. The CCP and the, and the Chinese culture, extremely watered down. And what they failed to embrace is that the ideas, the, the philosophical and intellectual underpinnings of American citizenship is actually much more profound than any number of years that these cultures uh, had ahead of us. But we won't embrace those things. See, we, we, we want to play, we want our cake and eat it too. We, we want both sides of the, of the same coin. We want to be able to reject what it means to be an Ameri- American and fight people who have a profound sense of their own national and ethnic identity. That's how fucking brazen, that's how arrogant these motherfuckers are. That's how that's how arrogant Mitt Romney is with this smug fucking look on his face. Look at that smug fucking look. And you guys have a problem with my profanity, but you'll follow this smug motherfucker. And although the people of Utah have rallied and spoken in their approval of this Fucking finocchio is finally where it should be. It's still an indictment of you that this motherfucker was able to win there in the first place. See, because we, I mean, I mean me, people like me, where I come from, we would have never voted for this motherfucker to begin with. In fact, a lot of black people, I don't think, vote. And that's another thing we need to uncover. I think they're lying. I think they're using the census and the number of black people in this country to justify rigged elections. I don't think black people are actually voting like they say they are, but we'll deal with that another day. This smug motherfucker thinks he's so smart. He thinks he's so, so clever that the Russians are going to just bow down that, that eventually the Russians will say, Hey, you know what?
2: Yeah. Forget it. Do I know what the Russians end goal is? I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I don't.
1: Do I think that the entire continent Europe is in danger? Could be. I don't know. I, honestly, I can't say. You know, feel free. In the comments, you know, I'm open to, to people's uh, ideas. I don't think that Vladimir Putin wants to go all the way to France and Germany and, and, and all the way to Great Britain. The, great, the British Empire and the Russians have been in a war, an asymmetric war for 200 years called the Great Game. So this isn't new.
2: Now, does Vladimir Putin want to reconstruct the former Soviet Union? I could see that being a reality. I could certainly see that being a
1: reality. The question is, does he have the juice to do it? I don't know. I don't don't know. I don't know. But first off, it's not for me to fucking figure out. It's not for me to figure out. It's not for us to deal with. Let the other cunt, let, let them fight each other. Same thing in the Middle East. It's not for us to defend the entire world because, number one, we can't do it, but number two, it's just not right. A nation with no boundaries, a nation with no borders, is a nation who has no, no control, no maturity to its ambitions. And if your ambitions know no bounds, you think you're God. We're not God. Mitt Romney, you're not God. And that's what you got to get, get, get squared. That's what you got to get sorted out. You're not God.
2: We're not God. A man who has no limits on his ambitions believes he's God. And that's going to be a
1: problem. And right now, it's going to be a problem for you and you and you and you, and all of you watching. Their lack of boundaries, their lack of of limits on their own ambitions is now going to become a problem for you. And it may become a bigger problem than you ever could have imagined or ever really been ready for, prepared for. I mean, imagine a nuclear war. We don't know what these people have. What does it mean to be America first? It means we're not sending another hundred fucking billion dollars to the Ukraine when our own power grid isn't even uh, up to date. I mean, think of that. They want you to send you more of your money to defend the territorial integrity of the Ukraine, and the American power grid is outdated. The power grid. I mean, mean, all of you people who live north of, I don't know, let's say uh, Oklahoma, okay, everybody who lives north of Oklahoma Oh, you motherfuckers are dead meat. And maybe that's what they want. I don't know. Maybe they think they can still, uh, you know, run the military and, and certain aspects of, of the power structure of the United States of America and the federal government and, and certain uh, government agencies and, and essential, you know, remember essential workers. Remember that st- remember that, that whole classification, essential workers. Uh, maybe they think they can still run the essential
2: thing if, if half of you motherfuckers uh, freeze to death in the fucking winter cold. Would that surprise you to, to find out that your leaders don't give a fuck if you starve or freeze to death? Because if, if that would
1: shock you, you need to ask yourself, why in the fuck would we send more money to the Ukraine? before our own power grid gets the, the much-needed update and security and infrastructural improvement that it needs. Does that make me a conspiracy theorist or extremist? Are you fucking chill-ass Democrats out there really willing to say that me being more interested in the power grid that affects every single American citizen is much more important, is much more of a priority than sending another 100 billion, 200 billion, a trillion dollars to the Ukraine? Are you really willing to say that? See, cause I'm gonna make you say it in front of your constituents and your constituents may not know that that's the question yet, but the day is soon coming when they will know. And the priority, the duty of American citizens, America first candidates and other supporters out there in your communities, wherever you are, the duty and priority of us is to make that question known Before the results come to bear, because when the results come, even the people who promulgated the scam aren't going to be ready for the way it really is. I mean, that's the way things go down. The Marxists and the communists who help facilitate the transition of power always think they're going to be there to get the milk and honey at the end. And some more intelligent, more clever, more organized, more ruthless uh, leader lines them up and they shoot them in the back of the head because i mean once the deal is done we don't need agitators we don't need people with ideas we need people who are demoralized they're easier to control but not not the fear we're going to make sure that the question goes right before the american people bright bright light before the american people well before this 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 agenda gets rolling downhill too much
2: and that is the question is the american power grid that is currently Currently, I mean, right now today,
1: our power grid is out of date. Is sending $100 billion to the Ukraine more important than the United States power grid? If your answer is no, then you're an America firster. You're not a fascist. You're not a Nazi. You're not a racist. You're not a conspiracy theorist. You are a logical, sane, reasonable American citizen. The American power grid is the priority. The American energy supply is the priority. The American food supply is the priority. The American antibiotic supply and, and supply chain is the priority. The American rubber supply is the, the American steel supply is the priority. These, the, the border is a priority. Yes, the border is a priority, but it's not a priority we're going to tie together with the Ukraine. So, Mitt Romney, you can uh, go fuck yourself, buddy. And now I want to show you. I want to. I found this clip. I thought this was interesting. What seems to be sanity from the other side, right here from the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, or the greater Twin Cities area, home of this next gentleman, who I'm going to show here, Dean Phillips. And I I found this uh, this this interview clip from over on CNN, where where Dean Phillips all but but calls uh, calls foul on on the Democratic Party and the entire liberal apparatus, and says. Hey, you, you, are, you people are delusional. You people have no clue how real this MAGA movement is and, and how, how rooted in, 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 in sanity it is, how sane and logical and, and reasonable it is. Now, is Dean doing this uh, out of genuine? I wouldn't believe so. I don't trust Dean Phillips. Um, I know people who know him. They say he's a decent guy. And they also say that his politics vary. He, he's, he's a politician's politician. But he's a little bit younger than Romney. He's a little bit closer to the street. He's a little bit better at what he does. This guy, this is a dangerous motherfucker. I want you guys to understand this. And now Dean Phillips, just like Mitt Romney, just like anybody else, has the chance to see the truth and do the Lord's work, do what's good and right for the people. So I'm not saying these people are in a, a fine or fixed position as it stands today. I do not trust a word that comes out of Dean Phillips' mouth because I've seen on important issues him fold and lean towards the status quo in the establishment. And I know for a fact that his sort just his personality type. I mean, I can listen to the, if your slogan is everybody's invited, fuck off. Not because everybody shouldn't be invited because that's just too corny of a slogan for anybody to take serious. It's too, it's too political. And, and, and my point with Dean is, you know, Dean strikes me as a kind of person who will say one thing in private and he'll say another thing in public. And we don't want any more people like that. We want the people who say the shit in, in public that they say in private. And that's why a person who cusses or flies off the handle, like a Donald Trump sometimes, I'm more comfortable with. I'm more comfortable with the idea that you're the same fucking asshole in private that you are in public rather than you having two completely different views of the world and you bend into whatever's politically expedient, whatever's beneficial to you. But here is Dean saying something I would 100% agree with, although I don't believe it to be genuine from his from his end of things. And the fact is we have a duopoly, a two-party system, that is literally working against voters and voters who don't want to show up and vote in primaries and then get frustrated by the choices we have in November that's part of the problem. We have a crisis of participation. And I got to tell you guys, I went to a Donald Trump rally a couple nights ago. Never been to one. Uh, I had an event across the street. I saw the line of people waiting in the cold for hours. And I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people, doesn't condemn them. Met probably 50 Trump people waiting in line, every single one of them, thoughtful, hospitable, friendly, all of them so frustrated that they feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump diverse crowd, people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely delusional right now. And somebody had to wake us up, and if that's my job, so be it. You would rather... Th- and she goes on to say, you, you you would rather Donald Trump be in office than, uh,
2: than Joe Biden. And then, then that's obviously where Dean Phillips is gonna um, divert it. And you guys gotta realize that,
1: don't get it twisted. Joe Biden is on the hot seat, okay? the question right now permeating through the de- democratic establishment and the the party the DNC is can Joe Biden actually win okay and at the point where Joe Biden can't win it's not because of a a, a dissent uh in, in his uh a dissent from within the party or within their movement from his views because he's as run-of-the-mill Democrat agenda, globalist agenda as you possibly can be. The, the, the dissent is, do they think he's viable to beat Donald Trump? This is, this is purely a mathematical uh, consideration. And so in the event that Joe Biden can't beat Donald Trump, uh, they got a guy like Dean Phillips, young, decent-looking, Jewish man, well-spoken, self-made to some degree, family comes from money, you know, has done well in business, is probably one of the richest people in the Congress, and, and now he might be the guy that they, that they pick to stand in the gap. And they'll save Gavin Newsom for later because Gavin Newsom has youth on his side. And so Gavin Newsom can hold out for four years. They, they can use the deep state and the intelligence community to try and stifle Donald Trump enough, maybe, they think, um, to where they can wait this last Donald Trump wave out, and they can bring Gavin Newsom, uh, the, you know, the, the, the great white liberal hope, in uh, four years from now, three years from now, really, it'd be about three years before he's he's uh, running. So they got plans. I mean, they got plans and they got contingencies. And and you're seeing different people come out from all walks of life. The the point that's being made, the point that I made in showing the video, is at least the establishment knows that you all, the war room posse, and the MAGA movement is not to be trifled with. You all have real power. You're not some small fringe. You're not some, some bullshit consti- can, uh, contingency. You're not people that they, can any, that, they can, that they can continue to write off as conspiracy theorists and as crazy uh, Christian Bible-thumping racists. That that narrative is changing. Right now, before your very eyes, when Dean Phillips goes on CNN and says, these people are reasonable, they're switching the narrative. Now, on paper and in the, in the Council on Domestic Terrorism, they still outline you as the threat. On the official documentation, you're still the fucking threat. But the narrative, the propaganda ain't gonna, ain't gonna that, that dog won't hunt. That dog won't hunt, and I am so proud that I live in this moment in American history where the American people have seen enough, have got wise to enough, are aware of the scam and the propaganda to make the establishment change their narrative in real time, that is a victory. That is a victory. That's a sign of good things to come. We have to continue on. That's it for me. Uh, There's been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy. To end here, I want to I wanna preview Tucker Carlson's video explaining his interview coming up with Vladimir Putin. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to show you the new open for the Royce White Show on Real America's Voice, which will be premiering this Saturday. Um, And we'll come back and tell you more about that on Friday. Uh, But yeah, on Real America's Voice this weekend, the Royce White Show will premiere episode one. uh, And we'll be right there in the lineup with the great Steve Bannon in the war room. Uh, So I'm very excited about that. I'm proud of that. Thank you to Real America's Voice. Thank you to the great John Fredericks for allowing us to have the Royce White radio show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern on the John Fredericks radio network. Thank you to all of you uh, out there in the audience. We appreciate your feedback and your support. Visit freepeopleradio.com to find out where you can watch and listen to the podcast as well as follow us on social media. You can visit our store. Through that website, you can also go straight to the store at freepeopleradio.store. Visit roycewhite.us. It's my Senate website. Make a donation if you can. Obviously, I'm fighting against big and powerful people such as Dean Phillips who can fund their own their their entire campaign uh, out of their own their own personal finances. Um, but you know, there is no donor money out there. There is no big corporate money that I would even go get, even if it was out there. I don't want to sit with these people. I don't want to promise these people a motherfucking thing because I know it won't be in your best interest. So go to the website, uh, make a small dollar donation if you can, but become familiar with the the Senate campaign. The Senate store will be up soon so you can purchase
2: merchandise um, for the campaign, T-shirts and you know, you know memorabilia and whatnot. Um, what else, what else? Oh, we're on all audio platforms. And one last thing, um,
1: the radio show and the Royce white show will be on a new audio platform channel, um, entitled the Royce white show. So you'll see, please call me crazy there on Apple, but you'll also see the Royce white show. And on that channel, you'll have the combination of the, the radio show, the week, the, the daily, uh, radio show. Uh, The weekday radio show, Monday through Friday radio show, as well as the Real America's Voice Royce White show, all in one audio platform. And you'll be able to listen back uh, to the episodes there, as well as here on YouTube um, at Royce White USA, YouTube dot com backslash at Royce White USA for the replay on those um, pieces of content. And I think on my Rumble page, we're going to put everything on one page. We're going to make one big playlist and put everything on one page because uh, we're much, we're much uh, safer on Rumble than we are on the other platforms. So that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, war is coming, and we got to be vigilant. we got to be smart, and we got to start to think more critical than we ever have before. We appreciate your listenership and your viewership today and in the future. Uh, the fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. And as always, Godspeed. I will be you. Shield in the fiercest battle, I'll defend you from all these arrows. And the sword I will keep you from danger. Let me be your shield.
0: Royce White is speaking truth to power.
1: We will not give up a single rank. I'm always going to talk about the real things. Okay. Free the Uyghurs. If I'm going to die, I'll die now right here fighting you. What's wrong in this country is our sense of American citizenship is lost. It's lost in convenience. Convenience will be the death of
2: freedom. A... This is my show. And on my show, I control the conversation.